Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 263rd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by Epic.net and those sexy legends over at Audio-Technica. Go and get yourself some gear from those legends as soon as possible. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit on them socials. And joining me today, my podcast, Ride or Die, the vast to my pagan men. You can find her on them socials at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, how the bloody hell are ya? Do you know the definition of insanity? Um, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Bit tired, bit exhausted, but doing good. How about you? It's been one of those weeks. I uh, yes, I'm trying my best at the gym. <laughs> She's broken herself, <laughs> listeners. She's broken herself. I just like it sounded so like defeated before I even started my sentence. Yeah, just a lot of heavy lifting, and then the body just aching afterwards. So mm-hmm. doing, yeah, doing just, what it can. Just in a constant state of of pain and and rebuilding. Exactly right. Exactly mm. right. Why do we do it to ourselves? Well, I don't do anything to myself in that regard. I'm very lazy at the moment, but uh, yeah, I'll just live through you and. And feel pain like a phantom limb. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. We're yes, recording a day earlier than usual here, listeners. Yes. So maybe maybe this episode's going to be a little uh, disjointed and, and wackier than our usual THG offerings. But we're gonna we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna talk about things we've been doing. We got some nice uh, juicy news and rumors doing the rounds that we'll unpack, mm. and uh, you know just start to ease our way towards the holiday season. My goodness, this year has flown by. All those cliches about time not slowing and all that can be copy and pasted right here. You but know, for now... It's like, yeah, it's surprising that like we're at the end of the year now. But someone said the other day um, about Outriders. Oh, uh, yep. That came out this year. It came out in February, didn't it? Yeah. That yeah. felt like last year. <laughs> It felt like yeah. ages ago. Underrated game. Got to say, I enjoyed my time Ooh. with Outriders. I know it wasn't for you in the end, <laughs> but like Benny and I put a lot of, lot, of, lot of extra hours in that end game and had a good time. And I know there's more that they've been adding to it over the last oh, several have? months, but I've just got no incentive to go back. I've uh, know. you know, I've had my time, I've paid my dues and I've washed my hands clean. I've done this after that. And I'm like, I'm out. Aces. I'm out. So, uh, yeah. Instead, playing a game that uh, I've I've clearly rarely played, but I say that in jest. Uh, I've been playing season eleven of Apex Legends, which dropped over the past ah, week or so. Yes. And with that, obviously, with the new season comes a new character. Ash. I've got like this uh, dual personality cyber assassin called Ash, uh, yeah. which is a great character to play. She's a hell of a lot of fun. But um, the map's great. You get we've got like this tropical island paradise, and then there's certain areas in the map where you can interact with certain foul beasts, which will try and attack you. But you can kill them to then get subsequent upgrades and ammo and stuff. So there's not only 
you know, 57 other people trying to kill you. There's also a whole host of creatures. So it's it's been fun. I've been dabbling. Haven't played a ton of games outside of that. I've just sort of cracked a few games of Apex here and there. Life and work's been a bit busy and I just haven't sort of... uh, been feeling it too much. Uh, started Jurassic World Evolution 2 as well, but uh, <laughs> haven't played it enough to sort of share some substantial insights. So that'll be next week mm. as well as other games. But uh, Miss Hart, what about you? I see you've been playing a game that I've also preloaded, but yet to start my engine, one might say. Absolute freaking universal plot twist. Um, we are in the wacky timeline. I've been playing Forza Horizon 5, and I'm loving it. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. it is absolutely batshit bonkers that in this day and age, I have found a car game that I enjoy, and I'm, like, absolutely having a blast with it, too. They've made this game so accessible to anyone that's kind of new or maybe like me, semi against the genre and just cruising across the map and collecting these awesome cars and doing them up with these wacky or wonderful paint jobs. It's just been it's been so much fun. It's been so great. And then just having like these moments of just like just like cruising along with just other random people or like having people jump in a convoy and doing a one-on-one or big like big matches as well and then the uh, like the online modes there's one that's apparently from one of the previous horizons or forza games which is the the elimination Mm -hmm. Uh, mode which is like essentially like a weird driving battle royale that is a blast i love playing that like this game has to go down on one of the most shocking like surprises of my year and probably life at this stage because i just i've never been into car games and i've never understood them and then playing this it's just been great it's a beautiful game it's absolutely stunning um the way that they've um, kind of like represented the like landscape of Mexico and kind of like grabbed components of different areas of Mexico and kind of condensed it all for this map for Forza is just brilliant. Um, it's like absolutely stunning. And then adding onto that, just seeing everything, everything that's coming out of photo mode. Like I have been tricked with some of these uh, photos or pictures that have been posted online from the Forza photo mode and, it's incredible. I'm just like I'm absolutely loving this game. It's crazy. Yeah, it's uh it's been a lot of positive spin out there from from media and, and fans alike and we'll talk more about the I guess the financial success and the uptake of the game in, mm. in the news, but um yeah, I'm I'm still yet to jump into the into the cockpit and have a have a drive around myself, but I've been living through social media a lot where there is so many yeah, um, photos uploaded from the photo mode where there's a whole host of very unique vehicles available, obviously, and then also the subsequent paint jobs and decals that people have been doing to these cars. And then, yeah, just burning them around, uh, you know, parts of this hybrid Mexico map. It is a feast. And uh, I'm not at all surprised that the Forza games, they're my favourite racing um, sim uh, brand at, at the moment and the horizon games are good too because they're sort of they're more of the the fun arcadey offshoot of the mainline forza series so you have mm. a little bit more quirkiness and insanity and and sort of 
um, yeah, old school, like cruising USA type of vibes where you got that arcadey throwback in there a little bit with some of those modes yeah. and options. So uh, I'm looking forward to cracking in and, and seeing what Playground Games have done with this release. But that's that's some high praise from you, Miss Hart. Like you're it's- not a not a racer. <laughs> By any stretch of the imagination. And this game has, uh, you know, put its accelerator foot to the floor for you, it It, feels like. It's incredible. Like, there's, like, nothing that would have convinced me otherwise. Like, granted, I think when we started beginning to see trailers and content um, announcements from this game, like, I agreed that it was a gorgeous-looking game, but I think I was still kind of sceptical on whether I would actually play it or not. And obviously, because now it's on Game Pass, I didn't really have any, you know, loss in the, you know, chance of giving it a try and it won me over this is why game pass is great like would have i taken that gamble probably not because i've honestly convinced myself that i just don't like racing games but i had game pass so i had the chance to try it and look where it did prove me bloody wrong you've got Um, nothing to lose with game pass you're paying your you know, 15 AUD a month if you got the ultimate version. And, and with that, you can get, yeah, Game Pass on Xbox as well as PC because you were playing it on Game Pass PC, right? That's right, yeah. So I've been playing it on PC um, with an Xbox controller because I would not know how to begin using a keyboard and mouse <laughs> driving. Um, so I have been using the Xbox controller. But, um, yeah, like um, I've, had, I've hit some hiccups with PC online. There is some reports of some you know uh dropping or dropping out or apps just game crashes and stuff and i've experienced some freezes and some like i've had some issues with trying to access the game Mm -hmm. but in saying that in contrast the game has just been too amazing and awesome to actually tarnish you know like a few of like dropouts being the be all and end all and i'm not going to play this game ever again no like it's it's still amazing even with the the little issues that I've actually encountered. Yeah. No, I, I can't wait to uh, give it a crack this coming week. So, uh, yeah, gonna going to race my little heart out and, and report back and see what kind of funky paint job and, and vehicle I can settle on because your uh, Sonic the Hedgehog machine is uh, quite quite a creature. <laughs> Sonic, yeah. Because um, there's – so you can have, like, um, obviously in-game or, like uh, – paint jobs that are in relation to the actual car also the car collection is incredible it's absolutely Mm -hmm. extensive and just amazing what you have access to there's australian cars in there too which is awesome to see um but yeah then you have the custom paint jobs that are done by obviously people in the community um kind of doing their own kind of like thing and yeah i found a sanic i've been driving around the countryside and like harass not harassing people i drive like like following the law kind of thing and then i have someone speeding past me and then usually had the occasional person stop to kind of look at my monstrosity which is great um that's another thing like the um the online driving community i like honking and having a honk back from someone uh sometimes there'll be the uh there's this like massive ramp that you can kind of launch your car off and it's just great mm-hmm. seeing us all kind of like line up as a community to just then drive off this ramp as well so it's fun it's really really fun yeah i'm, I'm keen to uh to come for a couple of hot laps and, and honk as i fly past your sonic beast and, <laughs> yeah. uh, jump into oblivion but um speaking of oblivion i finally got around to finishing midnight mass I, uh, oh. I, I I picked up the first episode a few weeks ago and just um 
I don't know what it was at the time. Maybe I was just looking for something else and I sort of just wasn't in the mood for that sort of slow burn Mike Flanagan goodness. But I was very stupid in saying that now because uh, I binged the whole thing in one night on the weekend. And Mm. it is fantastic, fantastic stuff. Like Mike Flanagan, we've talked about him here and there over the years about how he's this up-and-coming horror savant and, and, you know, done the the Haunting series and Doctor Sleep and Hush and a whole heap of other things. But Midnight Mass, outside of maybe Doctor Sleep, is probably my favourite thing he's done. Like, I, I liked Midnight Mass more than both The Haunting of Hill House and then obviously the subsequent Bly Manor, it's really, really, really good. Wow. Like it's only, I think it's seven episodes. So it's it's not a long, long burn to, to yeah. sort of crack through. But the cast is phenomenal. The story's great. The pacing's great. The location, they've got like the, the location set on this um, place called Crockett Island. It's like this little small island of, you know, like sub 200 people living there. Yeah. Really cool coastal vibes. Um, gorgeous cinematography, great writing, great special effects, really love where they they sort of, obviously, for anyone that's seen this mentioned on social media, they they do play and lean heavily, well, not heavily, but they do lean into religion um, throughout this this series. And it's not too heavy, heavy handed and it doesn't sort of force feed anything. You're not watching this film like you're getting hit over the head about, oh, I need to go now, uh, you know, become a Christian or, or you know, uh, become a Muslim or whatever it is. It's none of that type of stuff. But the way they handle real life religious source material and weave it into the story is really, really, really well done. And mm. I love this and... Yeah, he is just in fine form. He's in some rare air, I think, old uh, Mike Flanagan. And, um, yeah, Midnight Mass is one of the favourite things I've watched this year. I I finished those seven episodes. Like, I binged all in one night and didn't get to bed till, like, three in the morning. And um, it was well worth it. The the Sunday when I was feeling a bit brain dead was well worth it because Midnight Mass was so good. I still have yet to watch it and I'm looking forward to it actually because I've loved like Flanagan's previous um, installments, Bly Manor and Haunting Hill House. But I haven't like, because I know I want to sit down and probably like churn this one out because I like like his stuff and I just, it's incredible that I haven't had this spoiled for me yet. It is absolutely unbelievable that I haven't had this um, show spoiled for me yet. So I'm doing well, but I'll have to get to it soon. And that was my worries too, like because yeah. it's getting a lot of chatter on the socials, and you know we we like I especially out of the cast, like I follow Raul Coley, who's uh, you know mm. one of the actors in this show, and he's obviously interacting with a lot of fans on the show, and I'm sitting there going, shit, there's going to be a bridge too far here where he's going to say something that's going to give away, or there'll be a image shared or a clip shared, and it'll open up the whole plot for me unnecessarily. So smash it out, really good. You'll finish it somewhere between six and seven hours. So it's it's not okay. a huge, huge undertaking. Like it is a good chunk of time, don't get me wrong. But yeah, the story didn't outstay its welcome. Uh, it was paced really well. Good ending, good character development. Just more of that uh, Mike Flanagan goodness. And uh, also I binged the first, well, the only season of another anime uh, that I stumbled across called uh, Ari Ferretta, which is another one of these fantasy-based anime a little bit more darker in tone, mm. like um, you know, it's it's down that sort of fantasy, mythological, dungeon crawling type of thing. But the the sort of the, the main character is part of this like dungeon raiding party, and someone in his party uh, pretty much like uh, 
kills him, like does the dirty, sacrifices him in there, and then he's left for dead. So he's stuck in this dungeon and then he ends up leveling up and becoming like one of the most powerful people in this realm, but he's a bit dark and he's just, you know, killing things left, right and center. And and, and it's, it was good. It was good. Like it's got that harem vibe in it where he, he builds up this party of, of various female archetypes from from the fantasy uh, genre and, yeah. you know, they're running around killing stuff and then there's an overarching plot where it connects in from, you know, him getting in air quotes killed and all this type of stuff. It was just good, easy watching in the background while I was working because I've been putting in a lot of hours of work outside of work hours. So it was good to have something a little little uh, digestible in the background and that was yeah. uh, Ari Ferretta. Uh, there's a couple of overs that I'm going to check out as well. Uh, they weren't on Anime Lab, which now I have to go to Funimation next month, Miss Hart. Anime Lab and Funimation have combined, obviously, and the, the app is getting shut down for Anime Lab, so I'm a bit disheartened about that because the Funimation app sucks, but it's what it is. It's a lot about the Crunchyroll. I never really used these apps to watch anime, so I've never actually really had to experience them. But is Crunchyroll mm. good? Does- Crunchy's good. Um, like Obviously, they're all owned now pretty much by the, the same... Uh, like they're all under the same banner so eventually it's going to become just one app which I'm happy for because at the moment I've got like anime yeah <laughs> anime universe because it, yeah it's it's just dominated by by this one company now but most of the stuff I'm watching is on anime lab but then there's a few more hard to find titles which I have to jump onto crunchy for so I've got to navigate two app minor gripes you know nothing to complain about really but uh yeah, plenty of stuff. Uh, the second season, I think, of Ari Ferretta is coming out in January or February, which is good. So that works. That works. A couple of couple of new seasons coming out for for shows that I uh, yeah stumbled across this year and, and really enjoyed. So uh, yeah. did you Huzzah. watch One Piece? Did I do watch in- One Piece. Yeah. So what's your thoughts about now? Because we've obviously got um, Cowboy Bebop, and that's pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then this week they announced some of the cast for the um, One Piece series. Yeah, like, I, I know Nato's going to be listening to this because he's a big, 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 big yeah. One Piece fan. Uh, I, I really enjoy it, but I, I haven't finished. Like, it's still ongoing, obviously, the, the manga and then the, the subsequent anime that feeds off the back of this. Like, this is a beast, 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 beast of a show as far as, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of episodes. But I've enjoyed it. Like, I was thinking about it. Funnily enough, before the the live action casting was announced earlier this week, like maybe I'll, I'll jump in and, and sort of have that going on in the background as sort of just a mm. bit of a you know audible distraction and, and a visual sort of distraction while also just enjoying and, and catching up on that show because there's so much. But the world building and the characters, uh, I really like it. It's it's got a good tone. Like it's 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 funny. It's dramatic. Good action. Some good combat. And um, you know who doesn't who doesn't want to be who doesn't want to be like the greatest pirate in the land, you know? My problem was the dub. I didn't really like um, the dub of it. And I, I wanted it to be exactly like that, something to throw in the background. So you can't kind of do that with subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the tough part. Like a, a bad bad dub just really, really ruins the experience. Yeah, it was rough, sadly. Yeah. yeah. But anyway... Uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Anything else you want to want to talk about about what you've been doing? Anything you've been watching? Anything of note? Or should we just uh, jump into some news and things, Miss Hart? Just just a side note. Fin- um, almost finished watching all of Eastbound and Down. 
Ah, yeah. Um, never thought that that show would be something that I would watch, but my husband was watching it in the background. I was saying how stupid of a show it was, as is the usual cycle in this household. I got attached to it, and now we're almost finished watching it. Something weird about um, like anything that uh, now I've forgotten the poor actor's name. Danny McBride. That's him. He plays. He's a really good at playing like a really shitty person, yet somehow draws you into wanting his redemption. So mm-hmm. he did that with like that Eastbound and Down. He did that with Principles, um, or Vice Principles, Principles. Um, but yeah, he's, it's a very interesting kind of like story arc that he does, and it's it gets me every damn time. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's a very talented actor, and then it's surprising. Mm. Like, like I remember seeing him when he was in. Um, Alien Covenant, of all things, playing like a serious role. I'm like, what are you doing here, Mr. McBride? What are you doing here right now? Someone better whip their dick out. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's let's move into this. This week's news headlines. All right, the first little piece we're going to be talking about today. Valve has announced that it has delayed the launch of mobile PC device, the Steam Deck, and the new estimated shipping window for its first pre-orders is now February of 2022. In a statement, the company said the release update was due to continued component shortages. According to Valve, February will be the new start date of the reservation queue. All reservation holders keep their place in line, but dates will shift back accordingly. So Steam Deck was originally announced in July with a December launch window. So we're, we're, we're bumping things back about three months Obviously, for us here in the AU, it's still not officially announced slash available for Australian-based <laughs> listeners, but anyone in America and I think Europe or the United Kingdom it could was, get yeah, it. was, yeah, somewhere like that, yeah. But uh, does, does this make you sad, Miss Hart? Did you guys end up pre-ordering a Steam Deck? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, we didn't pre-order it. And um, the, I'm not surprised i was genuinely shocked when they said that they were going to pump these out for december release um Mm. i think we even kind of made the comment in a previous episode saying like where did they get all their components from because there is definitely a shortage going on and yeah so here we are yeah it gets you no matter how big the company no matter Mm -hmm. how big the company is and how successful they are these component shortages do not judge they do not have preferences Uh, and then the crazy part, I was um, part of an online auction for, for work the other day. Like what's oh. happening now with, with some of these component shortages for like chips and coils and plastics and stuff to make just about anything in, in tech. And we had to jump on this auction to try and buy these chips for a certain security panel we sell. And, you know, the certain, the usual price is price X and the, the bidding, it, it's pretty much like glorified live eBay or live auction against vendors from all over the world chasing this chip to then put their software on and the price of these things typically i think um what the product manager was telling me i think we used to buy them for about five dollars aud chip or something like that and the winning bid on these chips because they come out in waves now and it's like you get them or you're fucked and the winning bid for these chips that were once bought for five dollars aud was 170 dollars aud each 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 what the hell yeah so the the markup then obviously that would have to be pushed through to customers and everything else like that but it's like you either get it and the business potentially lives a little longer 
or you know the orders can be fulfilled or you don't and then you wait for the next one and hope for the best too but uh it's insane it is some insane shit and this is happening all over the world for all types of things whether it be yeah chips and microprocessors and microcoils and plastics and silicone and all these things that you don't think about no. that are just in such short supply that the auctioneer is just like rubbing their hands together knowing that they're going to be making some fat cash that's absolutely bonkers but it's pretty cool to get your um kind of like behind the scenes kind of look at what's actually going on inside the you know yeah it's it's nuts too and then there's like there's no loyalty because i I heard from from one that happened previously that we won the bid and that was closed and then overnight the 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 manufacturer of these components emailed our product manager saying oh by the way we've had someone come in overnight uh at a higher higher bid offline you need to now beat that otherwise you lose the order so it's just like that's not how an auction works so (laughs) that's that's not how it works. Yeah, black market eBay. But uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely bananas. So uh, yeah, no one's surprised, I guess, in, in sort of going back to the to the story. No one's surprised at the Steam Deck's delayed. And three months, like February, I think is very generous. Very generous. Because we've, yeah. we've got parts that, that we sell as a daily item that we've been getting told that we can't get some components until next September. yeah yeah like that's the kind of things that is happening out there in that tech space as far as things that are it's not multi-week or multi-month it's nearly you know multi-year on some things which is absolutely crazy jesus something else that's crazy then we've already sort of discussed this game in detail to begin with uh forza horizon 5 has the largest launch of any microsoft game so Forza Horizon 5 is off to a great car, uh, a great start, according to new stats released by Microsoft. Playground Studios' excellent racer already has 4.5 million players across PC, console... Let me say that again. Across great. PC, console, and cloud devices, Xbox boss Phil Spencer revealed via Twitter. This means Forza Horizon 5 has enjoyed the biggest launch yet of any Xbox Game Studios title, that its concurrent player peak is triple that of Forza Horizon 4. Of course, many of those players will be playing the game via Xbox Game Pass, where it launched day and date alongside retail copies. But a sizable portion of these players, over 1 million people to be exact, actually began playing earlier, and that was due to the early access that was granted to those who bought an $99 premium edition or had picked up the $50 premium add-ons bundle for Game Pass subscribers. So even mm-hmm. though you can get this included in that, you know, 10 to $15 Game Pass bundle, a million people still paid at least 50 US dollars to get their hands on this game early. So this is not only a money spinner for Microsoft, but that player base in week one of 4.5 million is no small feat, Miss Hart. No, and like it's pretty evident, as you said, like your social media space has been pretty damn swamped with everyone posting that they've been playing it. And mm. like I said, like they've done extremely well on making a game, a car title, um, you know, a niche kind of gaming space that completely accessible to all us norms. It's it's an incredible game. It's obviously positivity, you know, is um, it's infectious. So like anyone that's re- sees everyone you know gloating about a game they're more than likely to give it give it a role especially when it's 
you know, being received well globally. Um, the numbers are great. I've, I've definitely like have, haven't ran into an issue of never seeing a single person online. Um, I am, I am shocked, but also kind of happy. I like, I like these little surprises for, you know, game studios and such like that. So for sure, for sure. And it's just, uh, just nice to see everyone jumping onto this game. And as you said, like people from all walks of life that aren't maybe traditional, uh, racing sim fans going, you know what, I'm going to give this a crack and, Mm -hmm. uh, loving it, loving every aspect of this game. So, uh, yeah, really, really good to see. And uh, Playground Studios just knocking it out of the park with that Forza franchise. So the next little bit of news here, Far Cry 6's first chunk of paid DLC titled Vast Insanity will launch this coming Tuesday. So we're talking the 16th of November. Uh, Insanity will surprisingly introduce Vast Montenegro, voiced by Better Call Saul's Michael Mando as a playable character. Starting with nothing more than a pistol to defend themselves, Ubisoft explains, players will need to find new weapons and unlock power-ups to become stronger and progress deeper into the depths of Vass's psyche. Ubisoft says Vass's insanity blend, uh, Vass, Vass insanity's blend of intense action and storytelling will offer a unique opportunity to better understand Vass's past, personal demons, and motivations. Following Vass's insanity's launch next week, Play, uh, paying players can expect to get their hands on episodes two and three titled Pagan Control and Joseph Collapse respectively in January and March of next year. Additionally, Far Cry 6 will also receive a number of free crossover missions featuring appearances from Rambo, Stranger Things and actor Danny Trejo. While Ubisoft is yet to offer much in the way of information on these crossover inclusions, the publisher was recently forced to issue an update for Far Cry 6 after the Danny Trejo titled Danny and Danny vs. Everybody mission was accidentally released too early. There's no indication of when this might return, but it seems a fair bet it'll be the first of Far Cry 6's currently announced crossovers to get an official release. So I... This took me by surprise that this DLC is coming out so quick, like uh, a month or so after release. Like, that's awesome, Mm. Uh, especially to keep players embedded in this ecosystem and uh, running around as Danny and and now experiencing, I guess, the uh, more of the backstory of Vass. I think it's going to be a trip, a big old trip. Based on what we saw, like the little snippets that we kind of saw with the Far Cry 6 kind of announcement trailer, I remember when we we saw that little snippet and, you know, we saw that Vass and Pagan and everyone else was in there. We're like, wait a second, what the hell is this? Um, I am going to wait because I, I love Vass. I think he's, you know, one of the best, um, you know, characters in video games, especially on the, you know, baddies. Mm-hmm. Um However, I'm still completely skeptical on what this content really is. Um, I don't know if it's like an easy cash grab. Uh, so I'm going to wait until it releases and some people play it. Because um, I would love to visit his story and get more information to get to know the character. But like, I mean, paid DLC and maybe it will only be like an hour or something. Like, I don't know. Might be worth watching rather than paying and playing. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to see uh, what they're... Tra- so, it's the season pass is $39.99 USD. Mm. So, so it's not you know, it's not cheap. It's it's not an, an insane amount of money, but that's still a substantial amount of cash. And at this stage, you're getting those three Chapters. mainline paid DLCs and you're also getting the the updated version of Far Cry uh, 3 Blood Dragon, which, which is dropping in December... And so you're at least getting 
three chunks, but yeah, you'd hope that it's more than just an hour pseudo vision quest that, that you know, showing Vast in, the, in this psychedelic, uh, broken down mental state that he's in. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm curious. If I run out of things to play in the next couple of weeks, maybe I'll pony it up and, and jump in and, and give you some hands-on just to feel, to get a feel for it and see if it's if it's worth the Johnny Cash. Especially because yeah. like Ubisoft were kind enough to to toss me a key to play the game, so maybe maybe that can be my way of saying, you know what, I want to give this a crack. I want to want to see what the DLC is like. Yeah, well, it should it should be interesting either way. Like obviously for me, I would be seeing it as a thirty something dollar investment for one story because that's genuinely the one that I care about the most. But yeah. I guess anyone else that would be interested, obviously, in the other two characters as well as these additional characters and side missions that are going to come with it too, um, maybe it would be um, well worth the money. But for me, I am just focusing on the one thing. So yeah, that's fair call. That is a very fair call. Something else that's happened this week uh, that involves a sum of money, but this is a much heftier sum comparative to that $39.99 DLC price. Unity is set to acquire Weta, the visual effects company co-founded by Sir Peter Jackson, for $1.625 billion. We're talking US there. So we're talking in AUD, maybe what's that, 2.2-ish billion? Australia. Which... Which is, you know, a good chunk of change. So the company have entered into a definitive agreement, which will place Weta's renowned VFX tools into the hands of game makers. Weta is responsible for the VFX in a number of award-winning films and TV shows from Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones to Black Widow, Avatar, and more. Unity is the 3D game development platform used by thousands of developers worldwide. As part of the transaction, Unity will acquire Weta's engineering talent, industry-leading tools, a data platform to allow artists to work more easily together and a library of thousands of assets. These tools will in the future be made available to creators through a cloud-based workflow. The film arm of Vita will continue as a standalone entity under Unity known as Vita FX and will remain under majority ownership by Jackson. Oh. Vita's digital tools created unlimited possibilities for us to bring to life the world and creatures that originally lived in our imaginations, said Jackson. Together, Unity and Vita Digital can create a pathway for any artist from any industry to be able to leverage these incredibly creative and powerful tools, offering expiring, uh, offering aspiring creatives access to Vita Digital's technology will be nothing short of game-changing and Unity is just the company to bring this vision to life. Weta is the largest single-site VFX studio in the world, drawing artists from over 40 countries. It is perhaps best known for bringing to life Gollum in Lord of the Rings and Caesar in Planet of the Apes. That's a weird little addition there, Eurogamer. But anyway, uh, together with Unity, the companies will be will be a force to be reckoned with in game development. This is huge. Like this is awesome mm. for Weta for one, because yeah, they're. Their practical effects and even like, I mean, their digital effects, but also their practical effects. Like you, you see some of the the back end um, making of and, and director diaries and things on like the original Lord of the Rings trilogy and stuff like that. Mm. And the things that they made from the, the costumes and the weaponry and the makeup to those, um, you know, animated set pieces is phenomenal. And this feels like a great acquisition this feels very much like hand and glove type of thing where unity the platform that developers all around the world already use now get access to this type of tech and all these assets and all these tools this feels like a great 
melding of two powerhouses to to really shake up and, and allow more access to to these cool tech um, in the marketplace yeah i mean yeah unity in itself is um you know made itself completely accessible or you know big major studios or to the little guys and then also having asset packs um accessible to little you know indie studios or just you know single devs that are out there trying to just make something um having access to obviously you know jackson level quality assets um will be fantastic and obviously help them you know well hopefully help them bring um you know things that they wish to bring to to life by having better access i'm curious because they do mention golem and caesar from planet of the apes and they do actually say that unity by having this acquisition will also have access to technology so i'm wondering if unity is going to have this technology built in i don't know if it currently does so i could be corrected but if they're going to be making it accessible for any person to actually do facial capture and movement capture um, and making it way more accessible. It is it is accessible. There are technologies already out there so people mm-hmm. can do it. But I'm just wondering if this is the angle that they're going with where, you know, people themselves will be able to start doing facial capture, motion capture um, to the level that, you know, we've come to expect. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Like, um open platform for these types of software packages is is the way to move forward not only just in gaming and film but like you know broader tech where you can have an open platform and then have a software development kit or an api that's open to allow these other companies and studios to to take your bit of code and then then write certain plugins and integrations and then you know bring these softwares together and these technologies together so it's it's really cool like I feel this is this is a really, really good relationship and we won't see immediate sort of changes and, and positive uh, movement within the industry for a, for a little while, I think. But over the next few years with these tools being made available, uh, we might see, as, as you touched on, Miss Hart, we might see sort of, you know, smaller indie studios come out of nowhere with, with games that aesthetically look on the level of some of these big budget triple A's just by having accessibility to these tools and being able to purchase, you know, these cheaper plug-in packs as opposed to trying to have a, you know, a team of 60 build these things from the ground up. So yeah, yeah I might level the playing field a little bit for, for smaller and, and uh, more boutique uh, development teams, which is awesome because a, a healthy market is, is good for everybody. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many people out there with stories to tell and, you know, it just, you know, everyone should have an opportunity to kind of get out there and who knows, your next favorite title might be just waiting in the wing. Yeah. And shout out. I I totally missed that uh, Peter Jackson got knighted. That's, uh, that's so cool. Like I'd love to be a sir one day. I'd love to get knighted for something. I don't know what I'd, I'm good enough at to get knighted out outside of like eating bad food. That's the only thing I think. You know what? I can sort of stand on on a pretty high podium in that regard, but the rest of the things I do is pretty average. So I need to find a niche, a niche, a niche, a niche, niche, niche. But then some people call it a niche, right? I'm, I say niche. N i c h e, right? Was that? <laughs> like, like spelling it out. So I'm trying to think where the T comes out in niche. Yeah, it weirds me out. But I'm, I'm definitely niche niche and i'm definitely gif as well for anyone that's uh out there using gif i'm looking at you john o peck you scumbag but i'll see you tonight and we can uh 
break bread over fried chicken and uh, settle this gif gif debate once and for all. Oh, wait, is he is he on the other side of the fence? He's a gif boy. Oh, jump. Yeah. But it's tough because he's he's very learned and Yeah, he's actually good with I was words. I was about to say I'm like technically he's like wiser than both of us probably put yeah. together. <laughs> but yeah, we so will look like, we will look down on him. Yeah. I cannot ever yield on GIF and GIF. I cannot ever. No matter how smart you might be out there, listeners. All right, so the next bit of news. Uh, Thunderful World. Everything that was announced, including a 3D Steam World game. So Thunderful World was the inaugural digital event for the Swedish developer slash publisher, and it aired overnight, bringing new game announcements, release date reveals, and even a surprise game launch. And it was all made better because it was presented by the living legend, Mark Hamill. So uh, I'll quickly just rattle off the titles that were announced and some um, info that accompanied some of these. And then, I, to full disclosure, listeners, I have not watched this yet, but I know, Miss Hart, did. you checked this out. So uh, you can give us the play-by-plays. Sure. So uh, we got uh, SteamWorld Hunter. We got a bit of a showcase from The Gunk, which is uh, the Xbox exclusive. Uh, it's coming on December the 16th, which is surprising. Mm. As far as that that sort of short timeline, it's like you know, five weeks away. Uh, we've got some info on Wavetail, which is out now on Google Stadia, mm. and a PC and console release will follow in 2022. We got Toges or Toges, yeah, I don't know the pronunciation on that one. That's coming in 2022 for PC and console. We got uh, a showcase of a game called Hell Pie, which I am immediately drawn to just because the word pie is in it. So uh, yeah, go me. Coming to PC and console in 2022 as well. Swordship, same. 2022 PC and console. Laker, Aged Through Blurred, coming to PC and console next year as well. Uh, we've got an update on Super Meat Boy Forever coming to mobile mm. in 2022. Uh, Industria, it uh, arrived for PC in September and will also now come to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S in 2022 white shadows got a little bit of run comes to pc playstation 5 and xbox series x slash s on december the 7th fire girl is coming to pc on december 14th with a console release to follow next year and cursed to golf uh also got a little bit of love and then we also um got some highlighting of 3d point and click adventure crowns and pawns multiplayer adventure sandbox tinker town and action roguelike source of madness got updates as well so uh a good smattering of titles there, Miss Hart. What are, mm. what stood out to you in uh, yeah, Thunderful World? Uh, first of all, just the overall presentation. Uh, massive flex to have Mark Hamill presenting. And it was such a cute little quirky thing. There was like a little story going on in the background. And we even got a Joker laugh, which was awesome. So, um, so you know, we need more Mark Hamill in these uh, gaming presser events. So that was just great. Also, they did it right. Um, overall as an event, splattering of games, a little bit of trailer and a little bit of information on what it is, gave you some dates, there you go, done. So it was actually a really well done event, especially for a studio just kind of doing their own thing. So um, in regards to what kind of games stuck out, stuck out? Stuck out to you? (laughs) Stuck out to me. Uh, Wavetail, that looks really, really pretty and it looked like a very interesting concept in regards to how... Uh, how you play there's there was an element where you, you as a character could walk and run across water and use like water as an elemental but overall the overall design of it too looked really pretty so I'd probably keep that one um, on the radar uh, just for FYI hell pie there's no pie in it um, you're it. like a little demon and you were kind of chained to a cherub 
So you're kind of like navigating, like I believe like hell, uh, he heaven and hell or that kind of arena, but it's kind of like a platform action kind of thing, uh, 3D. Uh, industrial. I'm out, Miss Hart. I was in. Yeah, I know. And since I thought pie... it was going to be a satanic pie. Yeah, no pie. Maybe no. devil cooking sim. Who knows? But no, I'm See, out. I'd be on board for that. Um, Industria actually looks really, really cool. I've never really heard about this one, even though it got a release in September on PC. Uh, but overall, it looks pretty cool, pretty quirky. Um, a lot of like, uh, I don't want to say Last of Us, but that kind of whole like industrial takeover world kind of being taken over by something that and just watching like the world as you know it being taken over by like organic matter and technology as well so mm -hmm. it was kind of interesting so i'm gonna keep looking at that one and white shadows white shadows um game looks kind of like i don't want to make that assumption but it kind of looks like like limbo um, yep. you know yep. very muted kind of, color palette it, just just blacks and grays and whites yeah and it's just like a little little like adventure game like that so not much to it than you know that kind of vibe but because of that it obviously got my attention so i'm going to be looking into white shadows as well uh cursed golf cursed to golf was just kind of cute it's just like a little adventure game a little 8-bit thing where you're golfing across a map um, more of a watch it to kind of understand what it's about kind of mm. thing. So, uh, but yeah, overall is it of an event. I think they did really well. Um, it won't take up too much of your time. So if you maybe didn't even know about it, um, Thunderful World, check it out. Uh, see if there's anything in there that you like. Full disclosure, I did not know about it until you said, hey, I've added this to the docket. And I'm like, what is this? So I'm going to go back and <laughs> check this out today <laughs> as well because um, I love seeing more more studios doing this, more time to sort of, you know, set up their own little platform and showcase what's coming out, what might have just released, what's to look forward to. Just these little little guerrilla marketing events are yeah. phenomenal. Especially and, um, for indies. Great. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think it's great, especially for indies and like any studio really, like especially when we kind of get it, you know, absolutely vomited on in like e3s and other things like that and we just get everything at once um i think it's a great way for indies and studios just to kind of say like hey just you know here's a little segment take your time out just to watch it and here's what we've got to offer you yeah like they they showcase like a dozen games and it sounds like there's something there for everybody yeah, uh, there sadly is. no yeah satanic cooking sim but uh no. maybe we'll uh get to work on that now we've got access to weed as assets we can get a, a nice high fidelity devil cooking all kinds of pies in Ooh. uh the upcoming uh yeah 8-bit devil cooking sim coming soon to platforms near you but uh stark contrast to that's uh you know small tight focused intimate thunderful world event we've got some <laughs> news regarding the game awards it's focusing back on games with approximately 40 to 50 to be shown. Uh, so Jeff Keighley has shared more details about December's show in an interview with Epic and said it will place an emphasis back on video games. The quote reads, You know, it's great to have celebrities. It's great to have music. But I think focusing really on games is important, Keighley said. What we really learned last year was at the end of the day, it really is the games and the trailers that drive the show. Um, just, just a quick full stop there. Jeff Keighley, no shit. Back to the rest of the article. <laughs> the world of traditional entertainment will still feature as well. However, although more for things which are video games adjacent, 
like a TV show or movie inspired by or recreating a video game. Keely said new categories may need to be added to the awards. Probably next year, we may be able to add a best adaptation category to the game awards. I think this will be a welcome departure to the show's format, which saw last year hardcore gamer, but mostly just a movie director, Christopher Nolan present the game of the year award. Keeley also said he expects the show to probably feature 40 to 50 games this year some way or another. Mm-hmm. The number of new games being announced is probably in the double digits, allegedly rumours, not confirmed just yet. Keeley also couldn't reveal more about the specifics of what will be shown. He did say that the show is going to have some next-gen content. I still feel like we're only kind of just touched the surface on what's possible on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So I think you'll see some stuff in the show that is truly pretty stunning, he said. We'll see footage of games that will remind people that the best of this industry is still yet to come. Keeley also said he sees potential in expanding the show using the industry's favorite new buzzword to the metaverse. We're really interested in the metaverse style of how people watch the show, he said. We're starting to explore the idea of finding new ways to distribute it using games and game technology. That's actually kind of our next platform, right? We're a show about video games, so of course we should be airing it inside of video games if we can, end quote. Thankfully, Keeley said he's not interested in the industry's other favorite buzzword, NFTs. We're not doing NFT stuff, he said. The Game Awards will arrive on the 10th of December of 2021. So apologies, listeners. That uh, that article there from Eurogamer, it was a little bit choppy. It was a little bit of a mess. Yeah, I probably could have edited and chopped some of that, that wording out of there, but we sort of just ran it as is from Eurogamer directly. Mm. But Miss Hart, I guess it's exciting to know that they're shifting focus back to just being a more game-centric awards, which leans in with the title of said award ceremony, the Game Awards. 40 to 50 games going to be highlighted. The weird part for me, though, was where he was like, we're we're going to be highlighting some next-gen content. What does that mean? Next-gen is now. It's been a year and we're going to be highlighting some. What the heck? Shouldn't it be a good chunk now? Like, that that was confusing. The other confusing thing is, is that, like... Saying that people go watch the Game Awards for trailers and game announcements. I thought the fucking thing's called Game Awards. Shouldn't we be watching for the awards? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's a weird blend, isn't it? Where it's like, let's celebrate <laughs> the successes of the year, but also here's a smattering of things. Like he's trying to be E3 in the Oscars in one, almost, yeah. it feels like. And, and I get it. Like you're going to probably maximize your viewer base trying to appeal to the then and the future like the now and the future type of thing but yeah like i i I like that they're leaning more back into focusing on the games less about the celebrities and the, the weird parodies and the disjointed interviews and Music segments are okay, just especially because the worse they are, the better it is, I feel, uh, with, a, yeah. with a music piece. But, yeah, just just tighten this thing up, announce the winners, churn out a heap of good trailer for new content, you know, 40 or 50 games being featured. I'm curious, like they're saying double digits for the, for the new games to be showcased, so we're going to get a lot of runway on a heap of games that came out in 2021 and then maybe some smatterings of, you know another trailer for, for God of War Ragnarok or Forbidden West or maybe we'll get um, a trailer here announcing 
Halo Infinite DLC for next year, whatever it might be. But I'm intrigued, at least. I'm curious to see what Keely cooks up. Like, don't get me wrong, I've, I've, I've been, like, pretty impressed with what Keely's been doing, um, especially over, like, the, you know, pandemic and everything and trying to make these uh, events work. And I've actually been a big fan of his, the live events, but without studios, I've been a big fan of it. Um, but then when we kind of, like, pivot to this whole thing, like I kind of said, being the Game Awards, I don't want it to be, like, this is essentially Summer Games Fest, oh, and we announced some awards as well. Like, yeah. like, I just think if the, you're going to create an occasion called the Game Awards where it's meant to be a celebration of, you know, what people in the industry are doing, then please do that. Like, create segments based on maybe a lot of the things that maybe people take for granted and give them some shine um, as opposed to just showing trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer of stuff. I just, I think, maybe I'm just looking into it much, but I just think when you're combining the two things together, one outshines the other and you kind of forget what you're meant to be there for and to begin with. That's a perfect way to summarize all that, Miss Hart. Yeah, like he's got Summer Game Fest, middle of the year, which is highlighting new games coming out and, and showcasing maybe new content for games that were already released. And then the back end of the year, it's it's the celebration of the year that was, but yet he's trying to, Greedy's greedy's probably the wrong word to use, but no. he's, yeah, trying to get another clip of that same ticket from the middle of the year, trying to be the, the relevant um, you know newsbreaker and and um, you know key cog in this machine as far as new announcements and world exclusives and world premieres and all yeah. that. Like, but I I know like that's going to be a potential hook for more people to tune into the game awards. We're like, oh, what could be shown? What brand new game might be announced? Yeah. Da, 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 da. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll have a look and, and unpack this over the coming weeks. Maybe do a bit of uh, a bit of sort of guessing on what we think will win the respective awards leading up to that uh, December tenth go live date of the game awards. But uh, mm. yeah, like it's it's good more content. I know they were talking about having this in front of a live audience again. So we'll see if that's going to sort of downplay this event a little bit too. Because I'm with you. I like the more closed off audience free events because there seems to be less awkwardness, less rigidity, less heckling and variables that then can change the tone and the flow of these shows and events as well. So we'll see how it goes back in front of an audience of thousands, I think you were saying, right? I think they were putting in a big hall that could potentially support like 10,000 people or something. I don't know about 10,000, but yeah, like they, like it, it's not a small audience. Yeah. Enough people to uh, yeah, Heckle. take this uh, thing off the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a woo girl and a boo boy there, that's for sure. But uh, It's my favorite Bullfunk yeah. MC song. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> Throw your hands in the air. New releases and events. All right. So stuff that's coming out this coming week, if you don't want to wait till December the 10th for the Game Awards, obviously the event that is, or the pre-event you could say, that is running for the next couple of weeks that we wanted to highlight again, the 2021 Biddies nominations are open right now. Head on over to 8bit.net forward slash win. Get your entries in to potentially win yourself over $1,500 worth of kit from us and Audio Technica. Takes you next to no time it might take you a couple of minutes to to put all your entry uh, answers in 
and then you're automatically in the draw. That's all. There's no, there's no cost. There's no, uh, you know, pain to yourself. Just tell us your favorite things and your potential nominees slash winners for the 2021 biddy. So 8bit.net forward slash win. As far as podcasts, I've also got an episode this week of Comedy Rewind showcasing the Jack Black Kyle Gas classic, The Pick of Destiny. Recording that, uh, I'm actually part of that one with uh, Maddie Stallone making a comeback oh, to wow. the Comedy Rewind chair. A lot swifter between drinks with, with Maddie. Obviously, he did the Halloween Comedy Rewind special last year and then did the, the Halloween special this year. But uh, because, yeah, Australia's John O'Peck making his way to Melbourne, we're going to try and record this sucker in person tomorrow in, uh, in the studio that I'm sitting in right now. Wow. So it's going to be interesting to see how all three of us are going to coexist in this space. But uh, we'll make it work. And we'll be hitting that uh, Comedy Rewind RSS feed this week coming as far as movies and tv shows of note uh season eight of the flash making its way to fox and binge this week season six of riverdale if you're still all up in that uh, archie and co melodrama on netflix is dropping tiger king 2 oh, is dropping God. this week on netflix as well uh the wheel of prime uh the wheel of time sorry <laughs> is dropping on amazon prime this week, uh, the next high fantasy, high budget, uh, dramatic television show that uh, could be good. The trailers make it look interesting. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Uh, one that Miss Hart alluded to earlier, Cowboy Bebop. So the live action adaptation is dropping on Netflix this coming week as well. And uh, Last Night in Soho is uh, making its way to cinemas here in AU, which I am keen as a bean for. Love me some Edgar Wright. Love me some Anya Taylor-Joy. So uh, keen to check that. As far as games coming out this week, Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1, Surviving the Aftermath, The Wild at Heart, Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. So that's the the mobile uh, Final Fantasy offshoot. We've got Blood Rain 2 revamped, uh, dropping... Uh, Epic Chef, Undungeon, Ooh. Battlefield 2042, Nerf Legends, and then probably the biggest ticket outside of Battlefield 2042 on this list, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl on the Switch. Pokemon fans will be uh, queuing up en masse to pick that bad boy up around that uh, November 19th, 20th date, depending on where you are in the world. So uh, plenty of things to mm. watch and play and listen to this coming week, Miss Hart. Yeah. But that brings us to the end of THG263. Anything else you want to say before we shut this sucker down for another week? Nope, good to go. Good to go. All right, so uh, I guess a quick thing, listeners... Including this episode, we've only got six episodes left of THG for 2021. After this episode, we've got two more of our regular rotation Hungry Gamers episodes, and that's going to then be followed by Festivus, the 2021 biddies, and then lastly, we're going to be doing our favorite things of 2021 as the sign-off episode for the year. As far as Festivus, if you wanted to air your video game grievances... Keep your eyes peeled on the socials. We'll have a link there where you can write in or even send some audio bites as far as things that, uh, you know, created a lot of problems with you people out there from the gaming <laughs> and pop culture space. So, uh, yeah, you can have those grievances and frustrations and annoyances heard and unpacked on Festivus 2021. But, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of THG. 
Let's get on out of here. What do you reckon? Let's get out of All right, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to rate, view, subscribe. But until next time, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Fun fact, Boom Funk MC's Freestyler was my very first CD single. It's a good song.